things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> For us, by us. What does that mean? The great one, Issa Rae, is about to tell you. Stick around. This is the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm on vacation this week, but I made sure to tape a few interviews, okay? This particular one was before the sag after and the WGA strike. Uh, not after. This was before. But I will tell you something. Before I even get into all of that, I got a few things that I want to say about this conversation that I'm about to have. Because what's important to understand is that <clears throat> when you are a black man or a black woman, and you have an aspiration to have control, to be a boss, to be in a decision-making, a prominent decision-making position. The goal is not to alienate anyone. It's to show that you can create content and product that facilitates the embracement of everyone. Because we all here to win. We're all here to be successful. We're all here to get paid. I love doing this podcast. Soon, before long, I'm going to be doing it five days a week. Not just three. I own it. I operate it. I'm the boss. And that comes with a tremendous, tremendous responsibility. But I cannot tell you how great it incentivizes me to be the best that I can possibly be, to constantly grow and evolve and get better and not stand still and not get complacent or stagnant. You know why it's important? Because I don't want my audience to get that way either. And when I say my audience, I'm not talking about just black people. I'm a black man. I'm not interested in black appeal. I'm interested in mass appeal, which means it includes blacks, but whites, Latinos, Asians, Jews, Catholics, Gentiles, Muslims, everybody. I want everybody watching and listening to the Stephen A. Smith show. The more, the merrier. It creates dialogue and conversation. It makes for interesting bantering. It encourages and incentivizes us to broach different topics of discussion, to be a bit more creative, to touch on the realness that exists in this world, to do so in a fashion that doesn't alienate, but invites. It does all of those things. It elevates our levels of curiosity. All of those things is what contributes to greatness. For the longest time, I viewed myself as a rarity. 
I thought I was one of those people that got it through blood, sweat, tears, and a lot of suffering, including unemployment, wondering whether I was going to have another check, whether my career was going to be over. I had some real downtimes in my life. At one point in time, I was unemployed as a father. You don't want that. None of us want that. But that was my reality. And somehow, some way, I was able to scratch and claw and elevate myself to the platform that I'm in now. And through the grace of God, I was able to pull it off. And I hope that I will be able to continue pulling it off because it doesn't stop. And so when I sit down with somebody like an Issa Rae, the wonderful Issa Rae, what can you say? Creator and star of Insecure on HBO for years. Got various new projects out now in the Barbie movie. Let me tell you something. Issa Rae is one of the most spectacular talents we have ever seen. When you consider what she's done, when you consider the obstacles that was placed before her, when you consider what trials and tribulations she had to overcome just to get started, when you consider the roadblocks that were placed in front of her and how she has adapted and evolved and overcome without once ever compromising who she is or what she was all about or what her intent was and still is to this very day. This is a woman, a fantastic lady, married happily, successful career, creative genius, and keeps on coming. She talks about mentors. You know, you just, the Tyler Perry's of the world, the John Singleton's of the world, no doubt the Spike Lee's and others of the world. She talks about how she doesn't want to alienate anybody. Everybody could come join her. She talks about making room to highlight and accentuate the greatness emanating from the black community, but also not stopping there because she wants greatness to emanate from other communities as well. And for her to be deemed and seen as a facilitator to other success, not just that of our own, although our own is unapologetically a priority of hers and mine, by the way. All I could tell you is that to sit in the position that I'm in and to see this young lady doing the things that she's doing on such a spectacular level, I not only applaud her gifts, I not only applaud her accomplishments, but I applaud her bravery. It takes guts to bet on yourself the way that she has and to continue to do so in the face of adversity from those who resent her ability to prosper. That's what winning is. It's what truly winning is all about. It's why she's so special and why I am honored and privileged to introduce to you the one and only Issa Rae. She's up next on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Obviously, you don't want to touch that dial. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? 
My guest is a multi-hyphenate producer, writer, actor, author, and businesswoman is all about getting the bag. She was the creator and star of the web series Awkward Black Girl and is best known for the hit HBO show Insecure. She currently has a slew of new projects that we are about to get into. Listen, I, I, I want to say welcome to the show, the wonderful, incomparable Issa Rae, but I got to be honest with you, we have to start this show off with a complaint. I mean, you're embarrassing men everywhere, okay? We, we pride ourselves of being hard workers. And my goodness, nobody outworks you. Welcome to the show. Congratulations. How are you doing? Thank you so much for that intro. Um, I'm not trying to embarrass any man, but <laughs> not mad at it. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, the, the first question is, I mean, when do you sleep for crying out loud? I mean, I, I'm just looking at the projects. When do you sleep with all of these things on? I'm just looking at it. You're the voice of Jessica Drew. Just to let the audience know, the voice of Jessica Drew in the latest animated film, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's out now, by the way. OK, you got a reality series called Project Greenlight that began streaming July 13th. You got the Barbie movie that hits theaters July 21st. You got the Max comedy rap shit that's about to drop into its second season. Again, what is it that you're not doing? I am, you know, I'm living my dream right now. I have a window and an opportunity and I'm just trying to do as much as I can while I still have it. But I sleep. Trust. <laughs> I, I need to. I'm not trying to go crazy like a lot of these people out here that, you know, you meet in these streets, but mm -hmm. I, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Let's, let's just go down the list right now. Project Greenlight, just to, just to remind the audience what that's about. That started, that came out July 13th. Talk to us about what that's about. Yeah. Project Greenlight is a, a series that was originally started by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck for HBO. And it follows a first time filmmaker making a movie from scratch. Mm. So you really, we, we brought that back with um, me, Kumail Nanjiani and Gina Prince-Vibewood, uh, where we're mentors to the first time, a first time female filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And we watched as she, you know, creates a movie from start to finish from, mm revising the script to making it to post-production and, and screening it for all. And it just, if you love film, if you're curious about film, it is the perfect, mm -hmm. the perfect show to watch. Mm. Right now, tell us what you're loving about your career with all the different things that you're doing. What is it about your career right now where it stands with all the great things that you're doing? What is it you love most about it? Honestly, the possibilities feel kind of endless to me. And there's something frightening about that that kind of stifles me sometimes where I'm like, where could I go? Mm -hmm. um, but it, like that, that is really enticing. Like it really does feel like so much of it is in my hands, despite mm -hmm. what's happening in the industry. I do feel like, you know, I get to prove myself mm -hmm. on, on a constant basis and not play within a certain box. And so that's the most exciting part about me, to, for me. And you still feel, that I hear you correctly, you still feel that at this particular moment in time with all that you've accomplished, with all the success that you've achieved, that you're still in a position where you have so much to prove that you haven't proven everything what? yet? Yes, I'm a black woman in this industry where there's constant change. Mm -hmm. There's constant, um, I guess, there's there's a disavowal of what we have done mm -hmm. and I, I just feel like you know we're in a, we're in a strike possibly several strikes mm -hmm. and I, I think that the the industry is shifting as such that everybody has something to prove but mm -hmm. especially us so I don't take that lightly 
I have seen different uh, iterations of, of, of black people succeeding in the industry and then you never see them again. Or then, you know, they have to like fight to get money to make their next project. So mm -hmm. I never feel comfortable where I'm at. You know, I sit here and I'm talking to you right now and it's such an honor and a privilege to talk to you. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart as a black man in this industry. I remember just reading just a couple of weeks ago when people are sitting there saying, why do you always have to tell everybody, you know, you're a black man, you're a black man. I said, because you know why? Number one, I am. And number two, and more importantly, the trials and tribulations, the challenges that are placed before us, you have to let everybody know and remind them of the obstacles that must be overcome. And so when you're sitting in a certain position, the, the lack of comfort that we feel collectively, not just as individuals, collectively, it's almost automatic. And it's amazing that somebody in your position is, 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 is so willing to remind everybody of that. Do you feel like it's necessary because you don't want anyone come from our, from our community getting complacent? Or is it just something that's a natural instinct for you to just sit up there and say, hey, this is the way it is and this is the way it's always going to be and don't ever slip up? It's more the latter. And you touched on it in a way. Like, I feel like sometimes people use people like us to show other Black people, like, they did it so you can do it. It's easy, you know? And I'm like, that's, I'm, sometimes we're anomalies in some way. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. And um, I hate that because I saw it. Like, when I was growing up, it was call Spike Lee, you know? If Spike Lee can do it, you can do it. And it's just like, okay, well, who else are you naming besides Spike Lee? Are you talking about John Singleton? Are you talking about, like, there's not that many of us and it's not an easy journey. And, you know, it's nice to be be held a, as an example, but this there are lots of obstacles to get here. Like mm -hmm. you said, and I, I stated because I don't ever want to forget that and I don't want to get comfortable. And I'm also proud of the obstacles that I've overcome to get here. That's right. But there are more. There are more and they haven't stopped. There's always more. And I love the fact I loved it when you was on a red carpet and they asked you, who were you rooting for? And you said everybody black. I loved it. I love it. That's something I would say. It's something I would say, you know, so I really, really appreciated my sister saying what she said about that. Let's get to the Barbie movie that's coming out July 21st. Talk to me about your role in that movie and how it's different from anything else that you've done in your career. Yeah, so I played President Barbie in um, the movie. It's directed and written, co-written by Greta Gerwig. Um, and this is really different just because I've never been on a movie of a scale this massive. Honestly, mm -hmm. you look out and Barbie is everywhere, even going on this marketing press tour. Where I'm like, dang, how am I going to go back to, to marketing any other things, promoting anything else? Because they are pulling out all the stops. Now I'm, a, I'm spoiled. But like in that sense, obviously, I didn't realize that it was going to be that big going into it, going being a part of the set. It was just, you know, so beautifully diverse. It was mostly run by women, produced by uh, Greta. Uh, I mean, produced by Margot, directed and written by, by Greta, like I said, mm -hmm. a predominantly female cast. And, you know, I, I'm used to, for the most part, helming things that I've I've done. So make making the stuff that I've written. And uh, I, this is only probably my third or fourth movie. I don't know. Okay. I, I have no idea. But in this way, like I got to sit back and watch people that I'm fans of work. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself at the beginning of this year, probably the end of last year, that I wanted to be part of more ensemble mm -hmm. projects because, you know, you just you, you learn from other people. You hone your craft, your craft. Right. And 
Um, I was, I feel like I was able to do that with this project too. Just watch people work. Is there anybody specific in, in, in through your travels and your career through the years of you aspiring to do and be so many things? Is there anyone that stood out in your mind that you wanted to emulate, that you wanted to lean on for counsel advice, or just to be an example of what you aspired ultimately to become? Is there one particular person that stands out above the crowd in that, in your mind in that, in that regard? There was, um, I mean, for me, it, it was probably a combination of, well, I always say Oprah, Ellen, and Diddy were my yeah. my blueprint people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love how they've been able to be themselves and touch so many different parts of the industry. I also, just on the television side, respect Shonda Rhimes so much. Yes. So, like, Super what she, she's been able mm-hmm. to do, she's incredible. Yes. And she, talk about overcoming so many obstacles mm-hmm. and just constantly proving herself and being doubted. Um, I have a lot of people that I look to um, and I, I take different parts of mm-hmm. of what I want from them, but there's there's not one singular person that, that I could say, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing the same thing. Understood. I wanted to transition to rap shit because I, I, I mean, listen, I, 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 I need to do this because season two of the comedy series is dropping and, you know, I, I'm thinking about you being number one on a call sheet on insecurity or suddenly day-to-day executive producer duties. Could you talk about the transition and what that's been like for you to play this role and if it's similar, is it different? How different uh, is this role with rap shit compared to things that you've done in the past? Can you talk about that for a second? Listen, it was a welcome transition from Mm -hmm. just, you know, insecure being number one on the call sheet means you're coming in very, very early every morning and your days are 16 to 17 hour days. Uh, And that doesn't differ as an EP, but it's, it's not coming in for hair and makeup. You're coming in at the call time and, you know, then you're there all day making notes and, and then writing, but it's just, it's just a different feeling. And I love watching people who are good at what they do and hopefully adding notes to make things better and watching people create a world um, or, or make a world that you created feel real mm-hmm. and lived in. And uh, like I, I do, I would say that I kind of prefer the behind the scenes. Really? Role. It's, it's just, it, it, you just feel... I don't know. It's almost more powerful in a way. Mm. It's more fulfilling, I'll say. I got you. I got to tell you something, Issa. Um, you know, I'm no actor. I'm no actor. But, you know, they try to tell me I am on General Hospital. They try to tell me this, Issa. They try to tell me this. Okay? I don't believe them. But this is what they try to tell me. All right. So we're going to go with that. Here's what I got to tell you that I like that's excited me to the point where I might get a little acting bug in my blood. Let me tell you why. You could be whatever the role allows you to be. Like, you know, I, I, I thought I never thought about it until you go on a set and it's like, wait a minute, whatever this yeah. role calls for, I could actually be that and get away with it. I mean, I kind of like the thought. I mean, because it's got I got some da- dastardly thoughts, you know what I mean? And so some people. Yeah, Who like, would you be? Who would you be? Girl, 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 if I had an opportunity to, I would have been Django. Yes, I would have. I would I would have been Django. I'm not going to lie to you. OK, I would have been I, I, I would have been Denzel in the Equalizer. I would have been that dude. Okay. You try to kill people. I, I would have been Will Smith in Focus. I liked that movie with him and Margot. 
with him and Margo years ago. Let's look with that. I would I would have done something like that. I wouldn't have been Wesley Snipes and, and, and White Men Can't Jump because I think I ball a little bit better than Wesley. I think I ball a little <laughs> bit better. But I'm just saying, I, I, I don't know. What it, <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. But but I I guess what I'm I I guess I get what you're saying because stepping behind the scenes and basically not having to deal with that element of it all that's that that definitely is an enticing thing. But it takes me to one of the last few questions I want to ask you about, and that is this. You're not just somebody out here doing big things and making a difference and having influence. It's purposeful. It's 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 something that you're doing on purpose. It appears to be that you really, really not just want to do. You don't just want to do great, great work. You want to make a difference and you want to send a message and you want to serve to inspire. I want you to speak to that, where that comes from inside of you and where that is now compared to where it was when you first started your career in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just always been there. I love us. I love our stories. I was raised on our stories. I was raised on our images and I just find us so beautiful in, in every iteration of us. And for me, there's just always been a desire to see this. And I saw what it looked like when we weren't here, you know, when, when, when we didn't have a lot of images uh, of us. And so to be in a position where I can elevate us, give us opportunities like that is the most fulfilling thing ever to me. And I, I've, I guess it, it's increased. That love has increased uh, over time. Mm-hmm. And I do find it special when you have the spikes and the Tylers and even the Johns who create with us in mind, mm-hmm. like people don't do that. And especially on a mainstream level. And, you know, there's, there's just something special about those who, who do think about us and don't necessarily think about like, well, I have to incorporate white people to, to, to appeal to the masses or mm-hmm. I have to like, it's just, un- there's an unapologetic nature that I, I fiercely get behind and that, that that's not to say that I don't, you know, that I'm, I'm exclusive in any way, but mm-hmm. I, I primarily think about it. How receptive do you believe white America has been? to you and your work or are you at a point in time where it doesn't even matter to you because you're just going to do great work and you know no matter what folks are going to flock to it i think it's more that you know you you hope that that your your work gets an audience and resonates with people but yes i like for me i I know who i create for and who's in the back back of my mind it is my friends and family and if other people come along and they can relate and identify and love it then i'm happy to have them too i've been stopped by all kinds of people on the planes and the airport or wherever I'm at. And sometimes I'm surprised, like, oh, you old white man, you watch. <laughs> That's right. What are you insecure? That's crazy. Or, you know, like the uh, even the 70-year-old lady, uh, 70-year-old black lady while I'm taking my walk in the neighborhood is like, you know what I love? I love me some insecure. And I'm like, oh, you got down in your day. So right. this is, you're seeing a version of yourself and that makes me feel, feel special. So you just never know who's watching and I don't, uh, I don't discount that, and I appreciate it. All. Well, people are gonna love you forever for insecure, but especially LA. I mean, good lord of mercy! I mean, you shined a spotlight on LA. I mean, there was some spots in LA. I was like, hey, I feel you. This is why I love being in there. By the way, what is this about you owning a bunch of coffee shops? I mean, what? What? Yeah. what I, 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 I mean, called Hilltop. Is that true? Is that the name of it? Hill, yes. Hilltop. Because listen, I just listen. I, I do a lot of my homework. I do my homework, right? And I'm very familiar with your work. But I didn't know about the coffee shops. Otherwise, I would have hit that up. I've been to LA a few times, Issa. I didn't know about the time. 
We would love to have you. First of all, I want to thank you so much for shouting out all my shit. Thank that's you. That's right. Damn right. We have, we have four locations now. Um, the fifth one is actually opening at the airport. So if you fly United, it's in that terminal. Okay. Um, but yeah, I partnered with um, AJ and Yoni, two, two guys from my neighborhood. We okay. started the first one on Slauson and Overhill, which is in my the neighborhood where I grew up. Okay. And then we started second one in Inglewood and the third in Inglewalk. There's one downtown and now at the airport. But it's really just about building coffee shops in our own communities. Mm -hmm. I always have to leave my neighborhood to mm -hmm. go find right. a, shop, a coffee shop. And so now this is an opportunity to to create a community of, mm -hmm. of people who just want to work now, around you. Now, did you do it because you've seen successful uh, a coffee shop chains like Starbucks and stuff like that? But did you do it because of that or did you do it because you, you drink coffee in the morning? You need coffee I, in the morning, Issa? I drink coffee every morning, but really? I work out of coffee shops. Like I write everything in coffee oh, shops. I like to be around people working and I will always have to leave to go you know, to the just north of the 10 to be able to find some place right. to work. And I, that just, right. it pissed me off. But I stay working in a coffee shop, I, even now. I got you. I'm not a coffee drinker that much. I'm a, I, I a West Indian man, you know, so I drink I drink tea with milk and sugar. But I like my coffee from time to time. And now that I know that you got some shots, I'm next time I'm in LA, I'm going to Hill. I'm, we, we, we got food, we, we, too. I'm coming. Wait, so where did you get your energy? I know it's not tea. Girl, I try to stay in shape. I try to stay in a little bit of shape. That's all. I try to stay in a little bit of shape. I drink my tea with my milk and honey every morning when I'm really, really down. I inspire with myself with some coffee. You know what I'm saying? Take one of them protein drinks, you know? And then, you know, when the, when the camera comes on, I just got to do what I do. Before I let you get on out of here, excuse me. I didn't, I didn't say everything. Hooray media. I, I mean, I didn't bring that yes. up. I, I didn't bring that up. I heard you got a new venture too. Could you talk about that for a second? Because in case you didn't know, um, you family now. So that is the key to the Stephen A. Smith show. Anytime you need to promote something, you are more than welcome to come on. Thank you know that. I got you. I got you. I'm here Thank for that. You. But talk to me about Hooray Media for a second. What your new venture is? Hooray Media is my, my company, my entertainment company. So it consists of our film and television projects. Mm -hmm. It consists of Radio, which is our audio everywhere company, which has a music label and music supervision company and anything audio related. There's Color Creative, our management company. And we just started FET, which is our brand marketing arm. Mm -hmm. um, FET means party in French, but it just continues the celebration of Hooray, Hooray Media, which is essentially a celebration of us. So that is Hooray Media, the the company. I got you. Well, hooray for everything that you're doing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would thank you. You know, I once they once called me the hardest working man in, in, in entertainment. I mean, I think that's over now. I ain't got no shot to compete with you. You know, I mean, I have, I have no shot whatsoever. Issa. But that's all right. That's all right. I got four older sisters, so I'm accustomed to getting beat by women all the time. I mean, it just happens. It just happens. Issa Ray, thank you so much. All the best to you and everything that you're doing in the future. I'm always around anything you need. I'm more than happy to help in any way that I can keep doing the great work that you've been doing making big things happen okay you take care of yourself thank you so so much for having me it, it really means a lot so thank you for your support I appreciate it keep doing your thing we'll talk soon alrighty bye, bye. this is the moment of a lifetime the clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Issa Rae special She is By the way 
In case I didn't say it earlier, we're here in my studios. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. So I want to get that out there and be sure to like and subscribe to get notified about all of our new content. Click on the bell to get the most up-to-date notifications for the Stephen A. Smith Show. And that's the way that it will go. Before I get on out of here, I want to give a special thanks to the wonderful and comparable Issa Rae. Keep doing your thing. Keep shining. Um, hopefully, I'm lucky enough and accomplished enough to work with you one day, my dear, because you are something special. You are the incomparable Issa Rae. You can catch her, by the way, in Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, in theaters now. Project Greenlight, streaming now as well. The Barbie Mover, Barbie Movie, I'm sorry, is in theaters now. As of July 21st, of course, I'm sorry. The Barbie Movie, in theaters, July 21st. And Rap Shit, Season 2, on Max. August 10th. Originally early in the show, I think I said Barbie was in theaters. Now I apologize for that. It's July 21st that they're in theaters. So I apologize for that hiccup right there. But anyway, look at all the projects she's doing. Look at the great work that she's putting forth. You heard her. You heard about her. You heard why she is as good as she is. And she will continue to shine. Um, again, this interview was done prior to the SAG-AFTRA and the WGA strike. It did not happen while the strike was going on. This was taped. Okay. Because if it happened while it was going on, she wouldn't have been here. Okay? Maybe somebody would have gave us some AI imitation or whatever. I don't know. It wouldn't have worked though. Wouldn't have worked. This Issa Rae we're talking about. We need her real, live, and in living color. Thank you again. And thank you, my viewers and listeners. Really appreciate you. Until next time, peace and love, everybody. Enjoy your week. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.